Welcome to the Sandbox. Welcome to the Sandbox Cooperative Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. We are back in the studio. Uh, we had a great conversation a couple weeks ago with Chris Triplino from the Reimagined Songs Project. We are excited to get back into that today. Man, they've been hard at work uh, making all, all kinds of new music just for communities of faith to explore uh, deeper meaning and the mystery of, of, of our life together. Yeah, and if you're interested in the project, uh, you can check it out at reimaginesongs.com. Uh, there's a way to submit music, if, and there's prompts if you're interested, and maybe you're a musician or a creative person yourself and you want to be part of it. There's all sorts of great ways to be connected and just kind of watch it happen, too. And even if you're not a musician, like myself, uh, it is still fascinating. And and if you're somebody who enjoys music, if you're somebody who's fed by it, just to look at the work that's that's being done and, and the things that are happening there, very exciting. Yeah, it's great. So uh, we don't want to waste any more time, so we'll just get right into it. Welcome to episode 68, Reimagined Songs, part two. The next one on the list, if we can go there, is blood. <laughs> lots and lots of blood. Uh, yeah, so it's like um, the, the blood references that are common in old hymns and in, in modern worship songs, whatever, uh, can be just, just deadly for people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, was, I was reading an old you know, leafing through a, an old hymn book and stopped and read this this good old hymn called There's a Fountain. And uh, I think it's the, the very first words of the, you know, it's like the, the first verse goes something like, uh, there's a fountain that flows from Emmanuel's veins and sinners there are plunged beneath to wash their guilty stains. <laughs> and, Woof. Nice. And, and so like, <laughs> for me, when I read that, the imagery that I got was like, Jesus standing with slit wrists at a pool party. You know, it's like (laughs) (laughs) this really gruesome, you know, okay, guys, everybody in and just, man. Um, And that, I think that we who have grown up within the church have often been so desensitized to that kind of language Mm -hmm. that we don't even realize how, um, how grotesque and absurd it is. And, and not grotesque and absurd like really amazing art to to provoke a response, but like just unnecessary sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that it's always unnecessary or all, you know, going back to that, it's it's not that it's just like we should never talk about this or whatever, but uh, that's that's got to be one of the mm-hmm. what like top 10 themes or yeah. the ways to talk about what what it is that, that God is or does or whatever. It's just like blood, blood, blood. Well, and it, especially when it comes to this project, I mean, like, there are plenty of those songs. Right. So if if there's another way of talking about that idea, whatever that, you know, mm-hmm. whatever idea that yeah. is, um, then can we use different words? Yeah, I mean, that's sacrifice or commitment or any of those things. Yeah, there there are plenty of 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 ways to talk about um, devotion and uh, everything else that that don't automatically, you know. Um, make people check out. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, all of the, all of the blood language too is uh, it's based in this understanding. We've talked about it on the on the show before about um, the difference between Genesis three and Genesis one. Mm-hmm. Genesis three being uh, we're dirty, rot gut sinners, and that's mm-hmm. the part of the story where uh, humans really mess everything up, and and a lot of that's where everybody starts. Well, I'm just I'm just a broken sinner, and I'm all you know. That's why the blood, right? right? Yep. But the story begins in Genesis one and that's original blessing right. and everything's good. It's all mm-hmm. good. And so yours is your, your starting point is actually in the, mm. you want to begin in the beginning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and start mm-hmm. there and, uh, with original blessing mm-hmm. as opposed to original sin and yeah. awfulness. And thinking again, I mean, just about how those words, the more that we sing them, the more ingrained they become. Right. I mean, if we really think that, if we think that Genesis three is the beginning of the story, then sure. But but if we really think that you know, um, as part of creation, you know, God looks on us and says, you know, you're you're good, you're a wonderful creation. This is, um, you know, this is who you are, mm-hmm. um, and I care about you. Then that's that's a very different. Yeah, that's that, then we need different language to be mm-hmm. able to uh, to talk about that. Well, the interesting thing too is that so much of of the language that we've used surrounding um, all of this has been kind of stuck in this sacrificial culture, you know, mm-hmm. of, of, of a, an early biblical time that we really have absolutely no connection to, no, no understanding of. It's, it's a lot of metaphor. You know, how, mm-hmm. how many of, of you guys have seen a, you know, a, a goat get sacrificed or, you know, it's like, <laughs> right. I mean, what, and it, 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 yeah, I mean, it, it does happen and whatever, but like, um, that's that, you know, I, I remember seeing chickens get their heads cut off, you know, when they're at the farm and whatever, but like mm-hmm. we'd, we're so separated from that kind mm-hmm. of yeah. imagery. Mm-hmm. So what's the last one? The last one um, is a little bit of a catch-all, but uh, just power and privilege. Mm. And um, there's there's so many other pieces to this that um, that are so distracting to uh, to outsiders or to people who um, are are feeling skeptical about the church or skeptical about God. And so being able to talk about the the threads of power and privilege in our music felt like a really important thing for us to be able to do, a, a place for us to critique and and comment and to have have a context for for that kind of mm-hmm. feedback on songs. And um, you know, it can be something as simple as, you know, talking about the good and bad uh, in in imagery of black and white, you know mm-hmm. that's that's one of those really common things that um, <laughs> surprise surprise is is offensive to people who call their skin black mm-hmm. or I mean just these these things that we do that just are unexamined and the the kind of structures of power and whatever in the church just perpetuate that continued language and, mm-hmm. and, you know, we get into those ruts. We, we find the normal things and, and we just keep, it's, it's like an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. And especially when you talk about things, you know, I mean, I, one, of the, one of the ones that, that struck me the most when I started thinking about some of those things was really was the, the black and white language. And it's, it's striking how, um, how frequent that appears. Yeah. Um, and when you start thinking about things like systemic racism, yeah. I mean, like in some way, in so many ways, that's, that's the stuff. It's right. the subtlety. It's the thing that we don't notice, but it's the thing that just kind of repeats in our brain over yeah. and over again. 
until it becomes such a part of the subconscious that we don't even recognize yeah. that it's coming out. Right. And unraveling those kind of mm-hmm. elements from our, uh, you know, keeping the the good <laughs> stuff and and pulling out those threads that are harmful, hurtful, I, I think really needs to be part of uh, part of our work within mm-hmm. the church. Mm-hmm. This is this is um, part of the way that the church will be transformed. Um, it really the is. The, it's the musical. It's the musical equivalent of uh, the white Jesus painting hanging right. all over the church building, yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. and how do we? check that privilege and check that and name that thing when it's mm-hmm. there yeah. and have the guts to do it yeah. uh, and then follow through. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, I mean, in, in each of the areas that we're all connected, you know, you're doing it in music. Mm-hmm. I try to do some of that in music. Um, obviously, Dave, you do some of that in, you know, all these conversations and preaching in all, all these different ways. But I think if each of us are aware of our own place, right. you know, how are we each looking for those little pieces and trying to figure out how to make them different? Dismantle that. So we've gone through all of these uh, the distractions. These distractions. Yeah. Could you just walk back through those one one more yeah, time yeah. so we could hear them like one after another? Absolutely. Yeah. So those six distractions. Jesus is my boyfriend. Heaven has an address. God has boy parts. Ebenezer's and Melchizedek's. Blood, lots of blood. And power and privilege. So we've we've covered all of those things, and you've yeah. talked about uh, writing prompts just to uh, right. get to stir the pot, get people's imagination going. What what are some of those prompts that you've been giving? Yeah, well, so we uh, I have a a good friend who's who's been engaging with that in in the group, um, and and so she and I have been plugging away at, at some of that. Her name is Laura Lou, and uh, so. A lot of those have been things like honesty or mystery or oppression, um, humor, just things that that can spark our curiosity a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're we've asked a lot of these songwriters to shoot for five songs over these six weeks, uh, which is a, a pretty audacious goal. Um, an audacious request, a bold request from them, but offering some some daily prompts like that feels mm-hmm. like a way to really, really give a, a nudge as we're going mm-hmm. to help help songwriters keep moving and and um, we're not expecting them to write a whole song on that as a theme or anything like mm-hmm. that, but just like finding different different little um, little gems to to pick up and and look at. And, yeah. Now, now, who is who is a part of your team? Who's a part of this group? I mean, you, when we talk about checking our privilege and whatnot, you, you know, mm-hmm. I think there are there's a stereotype that we're well, it's, it's just a bunch of white guys sitting right. around making music. And yeah. what do you have? I mean, yeah, what's yeah. this group? Well, and and that's I, I think that's it's a healthy question and a and a fair critique of a lot of this. Yeah. And to be honest, the um the sort of racial, ethnic, gender, um, you know, all of that kind of breakdown of the group is more white male than I would prefer. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's also, I mean, the the first guy that I shared this with was was a friend of mine that uh, we 
we teach together and he runs the the music academy that I, I teach for, mm-hmm. uh, teach guitar classes and songwriting and whatever. And, you know, he's a, he's a black man who's a, a hip hop artist. And so we've, we've started collaborating and, um, and so it's, it's not like it's just a bunch right. of white dudes, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, there are kind of a, a wide range of, of experiences and ethnicities and everything represented. Sure. But, but some of that is, is hard. You know, I, I have a, a colleague who was really encouraging us to, to be writing with, um, with some Latin rhythms in mind and, mm-hmm. and some, um, you know, in, in multiple languages too. And, and I think that that's, that's something that's important, and mm-hmm. and the future the future of the church really requires some of that. But but for me, you know, I'm I'm gonna have to enlist my my kids who are fluent in Spanish. But I <laughs> I I have kind of caveman Spanish, and so I'm not gonna be writing <laughs> right. a whole lot of stuff because it's not authentic to me. Sure. So right. that's that's not something mm-hmm. that I'm gonna personally do. Uh-huh. But I can encourage some other people, and those those questions and comments really prompted me to reach out a little bit further, a little bit. A little bit more to the the communities that I'm connected to that that might have some other other perspectives, other other people who have something to say in in a very different way than I do. Sure, yeah. What draws me to the Reimagined Song Project is a lot of different things. Uh, But as a person who is a music director within the church space, I was often finding songs that I knew felt really relevant and powerful to some, but they very rarely felt relevant or powerful to me in my experience as a young person who's pretty not sure about church or still really exploring my faith. On top of the fact that I never was able to find enough music that really spoke to justice in the way that I think we are talking about it in our society right now. Uh, I I often found myself seeking out that that music through um, 60s and 70s protest songs. Uh, And to me, I think that this is a, a big area that the church is lacking is finding those those songs that we can all uh, be inspired to go out and be motivated and be good to one another by and that's why I think this is a really important project. So just like real practicalities, somebody, let's say somebody wants to write a song, somebody's got an idea, somebody wants to help out in some way, right? What does that look like? How do they get connected? Yeah. Where do they go? Yeah. Well, um, right now the the most <laughs> vibrant conversation is happening in this Facebook group that we created, uh, just searchable as the Reimagined Songs Project, and uh, so so folks are welcome to go there. It's uh, it's less a place for spectators and more a place to really engage with all of this. And so specifically, I've asked songwriters and church leaders and connectors, you know, people who are willing to be reaching out to uh, to those songwriters and church leaders that they know mm-hmm. to be a part of it. Um, and then if you just want to follow along with the project, then you can check out the website, 
it's just called reimaginedsongs.com. And you can you can check out all the all the same stuff on there. You can see all of all of these sort of guidelines and submit songs or whatever. You can do it all from there as well. And you talked a little bit too about um, some of the rules. There's there's the distractions that kind of keep us away from maybe some of the things that uh, are used too often, and we want to try to find new language for. Um, there are a handful of rules that kind of go with this too that might guide some of this process. What's that? Right. What are those? Yeah. And and I, I mean going back to that, this is a lot of just my my rubric of how I was choosing songs mm-hmm. and as I was connecting with other other leaders in in communities that that are looking to do things like that. And so we we want songs to engage people. And and typically that means they're singable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm open to interpretation on that and whatever, but we want people to connect with them. We want to we want them to be able to engage in these songs. Um, and, and right along with that is the, the second sort of guideline that it relates. And these songs will relate. Um, so it's not so heady or so specialized or so, um, you know, convoluted that people just can't connect. Mm-hmm. Um, the third one is that these will be honest, that they'll be authentic and real and reflect what it is that we actually think and feel uh, as messy as that might be. And I think it's really essential that we not limit that messiness, especially on this end. I think that for a lot of these things, the churches and church leaders have have gotten really good at uh, editing and filtering and tweaking and whatever. So I'd rather not impose more of that on the songwriters beforehand. I want to keep things as open as possible. Uh, and then the last one was just going back to those distractions, just that these songs won't distract. They won't fall into the same old patterns that leave people out because of their language. So I think with a with a creative project like this, there's a lot of different things that could happen. There's a lot of different things that could come from it. Uh, it feels like in a lot of ways it is open-ended, not only in in the creativity, but in what might come of it. What are some of the things that you hope for, or what are the some of the ways that you hope that um, communities maybe see something different from this project? Yeah. Well, that's a lot of the, just sort of the, the fun of this for me, just not having uh, those kind of goals or, or even really a, a desire to affect a, a particular outcome other than the broader church really being reimagined, that this is something that can act as a, a soundscape for that kind of transformation to happen. Because the truth is the, the broader church is in its kind of uh, death spiral. You know, it's not looking good. They're, you know, looking at, at empty church buildings or, or uh, maybe they're not really empty, but they, they sure feel like it. It's just a you know, a preschool or an endowment that's keeping open the doors of these mm-hmm. these buildings. Mm-hmm. And and so I think to offer some kind of soundtrack to uh, to the people going outside and saying, wow, look at here we are, here is the church, here is here is something new that maybe has already been this thread that has has continued. And so uh, I I have started getting some comments and, and curiosity from larger 
organizations and just people who are are curious about what this kind of thing could mean. Uh, and, and maybe it just means another go at this later later on down the road, uh, another try at, at creating a big batch of songs or or maybe it's a, a recording project or it's a um, it's a retreat or it's you know it could be a lot of things and, and I'm open to all of that but but really not trying to um, to push the needle in any of those directions. So what happens to all of these songs uh, at the end of it all? I mean, are they being shared, recorded, locked in an underground bunker somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> and what's, what's really going down? Right. Well, so with that, really we are um, we're trying to distribute those as broadly as we can. The, um, the website will house a lot of that, and we're looking at other kind of partnerships to to engage that, but one of the one of the pieces of this for me was I, you know, I've, I've seen other other churches or other groups of artists kind of get together and, and do a worship project or do a you know mm-hmm. a whatever, and and have watched as as some of those expressions have been interesting and you know even provocative or whatever, uh, but they don't necessarily scratch the itch that uh, the churches need, and they don't seem to um, find their way into those communities very broadly. Mm-hmm. It just sits on an album on Spotify or whatever. And yeah, you know, might one or two of those might get picked up or whatever. But what I kind of created the, um, the project to have in terms of infrastructure, the ecosystem of it is, is really a whole cycle of this. So that's part of the reason that we brought in church leaders and pastors, music leaders, whatever, uh, at the at the beginning, because one, we want their input on what kind of stuff do their people really need to be singing, mm-hmm. and and two, uh, then those songs have a place to find a home. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. we can we can shift the songs back into communities, and people can actually be singing them, and hopefully, you got a, a, enough of a critical mass that they start becoming familiar. They start being sung at. at summer camps and they start um, being requested on on big services like CCLI that does all the you know all of the rights holding of of a lot of these church mm-hmm. songs mm-hmm. and and you can make a dent in in what those those uh, norms are yeah yeah so you've been sitting here with us for about 45 minutes or mm-hmm. so uh, any thoughts, questions for us, anything that you think we should be thinking about maybe that we can take from this project? Well, that's a good question. I, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed the, the conversations that you guys have curated. And um, there's, there's definitely part of me that thinks that, that that's just enough as it is just cultivating the kind of uh, deep and thoughtful conversation that is just not happening enough. And there's also a, a piece that I'm curious about, about what it, what it looks like uh, for you guys looking at the, the future of the church. What, what does it look like uh, to have church in a post-church era? Um, and, and what is it that these conversations and the communities that are, that are gathering around these conversations can offer to that kind of transformation? Mm-hmm. 
this medium of, of having a podcast uh, and the and the way that you are also accessing, uh, you know, gathering people from various contexts around the country, maybe in other countries as well. I don't know. To me, it's able to. And the, we're having conversations. You're writing songs. We're we're doing this thing that is is freeing something from the the trappings that have held held it all back mm. before. Mm-hmm. We haven't been able to do this before with technology and and we have this ability to do it now and it's going to go into this wildly i think wild and we're seeing it already this wildly creative time i'm not going to live to see the day where this thing is ultimately heading but i get to be a part of it now Mm -hmm. and so that creative uh impulse and energy and reshuffling of the deck is completely exciting for me Mm. And when we talk about the death of the church, we're actually talking about the death of the trappings that have held this message back. And and some of it has become trappings. It didn't used to be that way, Mm -hmm. but it's it's imploded. The weight of it, it's just uh, held it back. And now it's getting freed in in a new way. And I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I was originally going to answer this question, but the more (laughs) that I've been thinking, um, I've been having some conversations lately and... uh, wondering it feels to me like we're in a, a time um not not just in in church but you know in our politics in our kind of societal interactions we just we there's so many places where we're not connecting where we're not uh, we don't have language to move forward we don't have the framing of ideas there's just there's so many places where we feel kind of stuck i think mm-hmm. um and the way that I've been in some of these conversations recently been having with, with a handful of friends, but I see I kind of all over the place, I see this idea of like, you know, joining in what God is doing, like watching and, and then joining in what God is doing. And, um, and for a long time, that's been really helpful for me um, in just kind of realizing that that, the, that, that, that work is still happening. Um, but I think where that conversation a little bit has flipped on its head for me in, in the last few months is... Um, it, we're so far behind. <laughs> like it's not a, it's not a joining in. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like we're running a marathon and like the spirit just crossed the finish line and we're on like mile 10, mm. maybe like if we're, if we're having a good day. And so I think I get excited about, you know, doing the podcast because I think it's one of the many ways that we can try to catch up, mm. that we can try to figure out like, where should this train have been headed? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if, if it's the podcast and it's new songs and it's, uh, new theological framings and it's learning what it actually means to be a person of faith and learning what like religion is like at its core, what does it do? And mm-hmm. the more places that that begins to happen, the more often, um, you know, I don't, I don't think any one of us can do that mm-hmm. on our own. I think Absolutely. it requires, um, everybody in their corner doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I concur. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for doing the things that you're doing with yeah. that. I mean, it's it's exciting to see some of that stuff take place. I think the last question, it's just kind of our catch-all, but what else should we know and what questions should we be asking? Hmm. Well, I think for one thing, the um, I guess the context that I come to this in is – in some ways, um, like a helpful context to know, and and so I would say that it's it's easy for me to be seen probably as a 
you know, someone who wants to blow things up and, you know, I'm at this strange little church in a pretty progressive city and, uh, you know, it's a kind of a strange ex experiment in itself. And, you know, I'm doing all this stuff to shake things up and whatever. And, and it's really not for me coming out of a um, desire to see the church blow up. Um, actually, you know, the, the trappings that you were talking about, Dave, it's, it's like the, the stuff that has been loaded up on top of the, the real kind of beautiful simplicity of, of faith and of, of our sort of spiritual exploration um, is, is really oppressive. And I, I long for the kind of freedom to explore that and, and to be honest in that for people. And, um, and to be honest, like, it's just been a really recent thing that I've been even willing to consider um, and accept the, the sort of death of the institution, if you will. Mm -hmm. You know, those trappings, the, the, the sacred cows and the, um, just the, the idols that we've created, even if it is Jesus and the Bible, in some mm -hmm. cases, you know, like, and that, that's hard to say, dang, mm -hmm. like, have, have we created um, these things that we look at and, and treat as, as magical that are, um, you know, that we stick into a box and are no longer the things that they were, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that is stuff that I'm, uh, I'm hoping that I can have a a little bit of an impact on and and help the church to um, to reclaim some of the the depth and the the truth um, in that messy uh, unknown. <laughs> yeah, freeing it all from the trappings, but also picking up the gems that we've dropped along the right. way. Yeah. yeah. So as you're working on this project or other projects, or um, maybe 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 even as a Maybe even as a word of advice to uh, people who are submitting songs or trying to think about this creative uh, this creative project. Um, do you have any practices, any sort of prayer, meditation, any those sorts of things that maybe help you get into that creative space and, and think about these things differently? Or do you have anything that you'd offer up to people who are wanting to participate in the project as well? Yeah. Well. You know, for me, I am sort of a sucker for systems, and I I'm always trying to optimize and whatever, and and so I I've tried all kinds of different rhythms and patterns and and whatever, and some of that, you know, as a father of three, the, three young kids, that that is a hard um, hard thing to um, to capture sometimes, but I I really love finding those those dark and quiet moments, those um, those moments that, that feel sort of potent and full of that mysterious stuff already uh, to, to find and cultivate those and, and look for it. Um, but really, there is there is just a, a disciplined nature to this too, that mm -hmm. um, being willing to carve out some time to, to put something on your calendar, uh, you know, I've got I've got two nights a week that I, you know, my calendar says mystical creation. <laughs> and, um, and so I, I do that. I, uh, I'm actually excited now that we're in summer that um, routine is, is a little bit different. But, um, 
you know, it's like during the school year, I'm getting my kids up at 5.30. And so uh, I try to get up at 5.15 just to beat that bell a little bit and, and try to capture some of those quiet moments of the morning. But, but I think that's, that's part of what we're trying to do with those prompts too and, and just offer some, um, just some, some quiet, open elements to pique our curiosity. Mm-hmm. And it feels like when we're in that kind of space that, that the real beauty comes and, um, and maybe it's, maybe it's a, a page out of the Bible or it's a, um, it's a poem that I picked up or, you know, it, it can be a lot of different things, but, but trying to get into the, into the discipline of, of both getting inspiration and then doing some of the expressing too. Man, that was just a great conversation with Chris Tripolino. Really appreciate his time and really appreciate the work that he's doing with Reimagined Songs Project. Yeah, and all the people that are creating. You know, I think that sometimes, uh, you know, this, this project is kind of a response in some ways to the way that I think, you know, church music can sometimes get boxed up a little bit. And uh, I just love the way that they're opening this up a little bit and trying to help uh, people be creative and, and use that to express the way that they're they're seeing the world through these songs. I really appreciate the work of these artists, uh, the musicians that are making this happen. And and I said it at the intro. I mean, not a, necessarily a musician myself, but I'm so fed by music. And if if it's been creatively boxed up and in a certain lane, it's just not helpful. And I think there's, there's just so many more expressions that we can have uh, for this work. Absolutely. So hopefully maybe as you're listening to this episode, uh, you, you, maybe you're thinking about the music you're listening to, or if you're a creative person, you're thinking about your own creativity differently. Maybe just take this conversation as a launching point to be able to open up your own sense of creativity. Yeah. And I've been excited to share this podcast, these two episodes in particular with musicians and leaders so that they have a resource and they have, they're connected to a broader community. So maybe you would be interested in doing the same. I think, uh, I think lots of people would, uh, would, would appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, with that, thanks for listening to this episode of the Sandbox Cooperative Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with all the things that we've got going on in the Sandbox, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or sign up for our mailing list at sandboxcooperative.com. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So let us know what you think about the podcast. And if you'd like, and Look, this would really help us. Rate and review us on iTunes. Join us in the conversation. And as always, be sure to share this podcast with someone who might like it, because there's always more room in the sandbox. Until next time, we'll see ya. Bye. Please watch your step as you exit the sandbox.